our town. Boop. Recording. Hello, neighbors, and welcome back to Nightmare Town. We are Betty Boom. And I'm in Ammonium. And we are on day 14 or 15 of quarantine. And so we are... Yeah. So we are... uh, Give me a second. I'm turning up the volume of my computer so you guys can hear Amanda. Because we are recording via Skype. So, yeah. We're recording via Skype. Uh, So hopefully this works okay. And bear with us if there's any like minor technical glitches or our voices do something weird or whatever, or the quality is not the best, but we're working with what we got, so we can still bring you guys some podcasts during this quarantine. Yeah, it's a... How you doing, friend? Doing alright, I've been uh, working from home. I'm uh, lucky that I am able to do that with my job. Yeah. And I've been working on random projects, been making some masks for the fam because they requested that I sew them some masks so Cute. made like seven of those today <laughs> I drew little hearts on mine Aww. so yep. I don't get any others but yeah we've all just been quarantining on the compound uh, I've been eating too much food <laughs> I've uh I've had some food insecurities going on so I've been uh I've been eating which for me that's a very important thing because I'm recovering anorexic. And though I don't look like it right now mm-hmm. because I'm better, this is a very slippery slope for me. And it's it's yeah. and I know for a lot of people that have food insecurities and, you know, are anorexic or have any kind of eating disorder, just the, the fact that there might not be food and people justify skipping a meal or two because of that, it, it's really hard and it's scary, but you need to eat. Neighbors out there that have similar issues, you need to eat. It's important because when the zombies attack, you have to be able to run. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta need that uh, be taking vitamin D or at least sitting in your yard. You can still sit in your yard, you know. You can go out, just I, I mowed the lawn. Preferably stay day. home and stay in your yard. Yeah, I, I mowed my lawn the other day, and it was probably the best I had felt and I don't know how long. Like, I was doing homework. Little man was here. I just told him I couldn't play because I was doing homework. And then I looked outside and the sun was shining and it was the first time it had been doing that instead of raining. And I was like, I'm going to go mow the lawn. Yeah. Which it's he... rain, been raining for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did call me out on that though. And he was like, you said you couldn't play because you were doing homework, but then you went and mowed the lawn. I was like, you... I was like, do you think mowing the lawn is fun? And he goes, yes, you it's love fun. doing that. And I, we have a zero-turn lawnmower, oh. and I, I love that thing. Oh. Well, yeah, that would make mowing a lot more enjoyable. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I thankfully have never had to mow a lawn in my life because fresh-cut grass allergies. So always had older sibling with milder allergies do it, uh-huh. and now I have to say that does it. <laughs> but 
No, Theo always did it at our old house when Amanda and I were, were neighbors. And then I mowed it twice and I got really excited about it. But I also kind of hated it because we had a push mower over there that was always messing up. And then when we moved to the house that we live in now, our landlord had a zero turn lawnmower. And he was like, yeah, if you guys will let me keep it in the, the shed, you guys can use it. And I don't think Theo has mowed the lawn one time since we moved here a year ago. Because <laughs> I was like, nope, this is my joy. Oh, <laughs> it's your thing. Yep. And then I have some weeds that I'm going to take care of tomorrow that I'm looking forward to. <sighs> nice. Yeah. We are, I planted some seeds the other day that I'm hoping grow. I really hope they grow because I filmed them for my, like, students <laughs> to put on our Google Classroom so they can watch it grow with me while we're out. So hopefully it actually grows and they don't just die because that would be disappointing. <laughs> because the first plants we planted with our students before school was let out are definitely dead because we were out so often because mm -hmm. so many things were happening that they didn't, the grass seed we were planted with our kids, like, didn't get any water for, you know, like, weeks, so... And now we're out, so they're definitely not alive anymore. So I'm hoping these that I planted will like sprout, so my kids can see plants sprouting because we're learning about plants, or we were before school yeah. closed down. But <laughs> yeah, I uh, attempted homeschooling little man. He's at it over at his mom's now, and uh, we're not going to be bouncing him back and forth between the houses. So. I don't know when I'm going to get to see him, but yeah, we, uh, we attempted homeschooling and I just kind of set out a schedule of stuff that I was like, Oh, he might, we're, this, this is the blocks that we're going to do. And I kind of let him pick what he wanted to learn about, which was fun. Yeah. Uh, so he's really into Egypt right now, which is good. With the exception of the fact that I just went to YouTube and I looked up stuff about Egypt and I saw something that looked like a cartoon and we started watching it and it was oh, a cartoon, no. but about three minutes into it, they randomly started talking about when they found King Tut, they were surprised that he had an erection and that they were, huh. and so by this point I'm like grabbing the phone, trying to turn it off and they... <laughs> They were like, they were surprised that he was found with his jit, and that's when I got it off. And they were going to say genitals. Um, yeah. And then little man was just like, he was found with gems? And I'm like, yes, he was found with gems. They embalmed him with all of his riches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the family treasures, if you will. Oh. Which apparently... The family jewels. Fun fact. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. So... You know, just, you know, if you're going to have your kids watch YouTube videos to learn, maybe watch them beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> Screen them. The more you know. Pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any business to discuss? So, any? Do I have any? No. Did we mention that, we mentioned that Omni has been moved to October, right? Yes. So, Omnicon has been, been moved. Uh, 
so it's still happening but it just won't be till october which is fine um you can think of it as oh man it got canceled or you can think of it as oh man i have more time to work on super awesome outfits it's whichever one yeah <laughs> um gotta work on your apocalypse outfit anyway oh yeah <laughs> Uh, oh, my car is paid for. That's a good thing. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So that happened. Been, uh, yeah. One bill I don't have to worry about next month. Oh, yeah. I did get my dentist paid off. Woot. One of my dentists paid off. <laughs> I got one of the dentists paid off. So that's something. <laughs> that's, that's exciting. And I learned that our electricity bill has been unreasonably high, probably because our like unit that's brand new hasn't been working properly so it's been 80 degrees in the house for three days so we've been we're waiting on part to come in monday <laughs> to get get prepared so we can have some ac i think that sounds wonderful i like when it's warm i've been taking a lot of showers <laughs> which is gonna Too make your water me. bill come up but yeah all right so I guess I guess that's enough. Anyway. Just random chit chat. You guys want to jump into our subject? Do you remember what it is? I'm ready. Okay. It is. What are you looking at? Hopefully that doesn't pick up. <laughs> Something on the ceiling, man. No, my vent just came on in here and it's like it was making a noise, and I was like, hopefully that's not. Loud enough, it shouldn't be. It, it wasn't. I just Anywho. randomly saw you, like, look up behind you. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Probably terrifying. I mean, I could open the blinds for you back here so you can, like, <laughs> peer into the darkness the yeah. whole time we're recording. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I think we'll... I'll just, I'll just keep the blinds closed. Thank you. <laughs> um, so... Our episode is going to be while you are sleeping, or while you were sleeping. Which one was it? I thought it was while you slept. It doesn't. While you slept. It all means the same thing. Yeah. You you know what? You read the title. You read the title. (laughs) Yes. Okay. All right. So. I did read the title. I'm pretty sure it was while, while you were sleeping or something. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so this week I am first. Uh, I don't know if Amanda and I are going to be talking about the same thing. I hope not, but... Hopefully not. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Uh, give me... I've got some, like, plan B's here and there. Are you talking about the night hag? Not entirely. It was something I was going to mention, like briefly, because it pertains to something. Are you I talking? I was going to talk about. Are you talking about Lilith? No. Okay, then we're good. <laughs> because I'm talking. Well, the night hag does that'll that'll work though. Yeah. Because we'll feed into each other, which will be fun. So take it away, Betty. All right. So. <clears throat> I found my information at Ranker, and it is an article by Jen Jeffers that was updated January 21st, 2020, so new information, and it's called The Disquieting Truths About Lilith, the Night Hag, 
Oh. Yeah. This makes me sad, though, because I can't see you while I'm reading it, because every time I click on the no. thing, you disappear. But I know you're there. I know, I know you're there, friend. I'll have you, like, like, I can't see myself. I'll have you squished over in the corner of my desktop, and then the thing is, like, really tiny on the other side. That's how I have you, too. So, hopefully I don't go cross-eyed, like, trying to read, because I'm, like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's okay. hear about Lilith and... Lilith the Night Hag. Okay, so this is a pretty lengthy article, which I'm excited about. I also have a story, but depending on how long it takes me to read this, I might not read the story. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. We're but, all in quarantine, though, most of us. So if it's a little lengthier of an episode, it's all <laughs> right. I've listened through all of my podcasts. I'm awaiting my podcast people to, like, update some more. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, she has been called many things throughout history, demon, night hag, Lilith, and yet she is always the same, creepy, terrifyingly powerful, and malignant. She can appear as a potent seductress, the stuff of a nightmare, or as a wretched crone. She induces sleep paralysis. She is like a golem or djinn, made from the dust of the earth and yet imbued with supernatural powers. Her disquietingly image dates back to the most ancient stories in civilization, from Adam's first wife in paradise to a succubus who would sit on the chest of her marks as they slept. She perpetuated the myth of the evil woman capable of taking peace from the innocent. In each historical betrayal, she is uniquely terrifying and, at the same time, remains a universal symbol of woman's unconquerable power. In most myths, she is chaos and she is ungodliness, but in every gist throughout history, she is a figure that can never be fully understood or vanquished. She sits on your chest at night. Although most people recognize the... What? I said, uh. <laughs> Just the thought of that. <laughs> oh, remind me to send you these pictures later. Because they are equally creepy. Oh, oh, yes. Neat. Yes. Can't wait to look at those before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Although most people recognize the night hag as a mythological figure, the paralyzed paralyzing sleep condition related to her image is one of the most terrifying disorders in the medical world as people often wake unable to breathe move or speak with the old hag or night hag sitting on their chests this feeling of paralysis gives them the feeling of being pinned down by her ancient stories of why this happens vary among cultures and many agree these nightly episodes are a result of a visit from the infamous night hag. Though the medical world tends to explain the phenomenon as a form of sleep paralysis, many people believe it is a result of supernatural forces, ghosts, or demons who are looking to terrify the living. This sleep syndrome happens to people of all races, ages, genders, and cultural backgrounds, though it may be more common in certain groups. Further research suggests that sufferers may be predisposed to this condition 
through narcolepsy, sleep deprivation, panic attacks, or post-traumatic stress disorder. She has always existed. Although there have been endless reports of the night hag, she is generally perceived as a presence that watches and lurks, always staying out of direct sight. She is a dark figure that can bring about auditory hallucinations, strange voices, ringing, buzzing, scraping, and laughing sounds, and strike fear in the hearts of those around her. But the night hag is not just a witch from dreamland. She is a pervasive cultural figure, well documented throughout history. She is mostly known as Lilith, a seductress, a hero, a slayer, and the embodiment of all female wiles and secrets. For more than 4,000 years, she has wandered the earth as a sinister power who has preyed on pregnant women, infants, and men, and terrified innocent with her dark knowledge. She has been an intrinsic part of the literature and artistic imagination appearing in some of the oldest writings ever discovered. As Janet Howell Gaines shows in her study of Lilith, a biblical archaeology, Lilith's reputation as a mighty Jezebel began in Babylonian demonology and moved through the world of the ancient Hades, Egyptians, Israelites, and Greeks. She can be found in the Bible, the Talmud, and in Jewish writings from the Middle Ages. Cast as the witch, the Eve, and the succubus, the night hag image has made a permanent mark on the dark history of the world. Did you know any of this? I did not know this full history. I just knew, like, straight up the little blurb I had was just saying that the night hag or old hag is the name given to a supernatural creature used to explain the phenomenon of sleep paralysis. It's a phenomenon during which a person feels the presence of a supernatural malviolent being which immobilizes the person as if sitting on his slash her chest with the foot of his slash her bed. Did not know there was a whole history behind this or like just like like going way way back like had no idea never heard any of that that's crazy oh we shall go on she can (laughs) she can bear the children of human men mostly known as lilith throughout history the night hag's name derives from the sumerian word for female demons or winged spirit spirits called lilithu although they are often perceived as beautiful and alluring these dangerous spirits seek the destruction of anyone they dislike they tend to target pregnant women and babies or act aggressively towards those they want to intimidate the lilithu dwell in the desert and other isolated dark spaces and have breasts filled with toxic liquid instead of milk she left Adam. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I keep hearing mention of, like, infants. Are infants, like, getting visits from this, from the hag, or, like, getting sleep paralysis or something? That must be terrifying. I don't know. It doesn't say. So. Huh. Uh, well, continue. Sorry. No, you're good. She left Adam. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> 
My brain's just exploding over here. It's all good. I'm just like having some moments listening to this creepiness. She left Adam because he wouldn't let her be on top. Her image as a darkly feminine spirit continued until the 7th century, at which time her reputation became even more sinister. Sometimes, sometime around 1000 CE, anonymous text titled The Alphabet of Ben Syria, Syria was introduced to a Jewish community, to the Jewish community. In it, Lilith plays a big part as the winged destroyer who preys on the innocent. She is also a major player in the history of the world. She is Adam's first wife, the one before Eve, who leaves Eden because she does not want to be inferior to man. In this fen fanciful addition to the age-old biblical tale, the Almighty fashioned a woman for Adam named Lilith, who was supposed to serve as his loyal companion. But Lilith does not want to lie under Adam during intimacy. She wants to be on top, literally and figuratively, as a free and powerful woman. She does not want to rule over Adam. She just wants to be equal. Much to the chagrin of the creator, Lilith continues to fight with Adam and eventually becomes so frustrated with his arrogance that she brazenly spoke the sacred name of God, the Tetragrammaton, which was reserved only for holy priests. In doing this, she shockingly proved her unworthiness to live in paradise with Adam. As a result, she became associated with the demonic and flew away to become a supernatural character who is of earth and yet not beheld into it. Her hairy legs are a dead giveaway. Damn feminists. <laughs> Sorry. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Outside of the Bible, the most legitimate source on Lilith is found in an ancient book called the Zohar, one of the most respected volumes in Jewish mysticism. Lilith is mentioned many times in this text. And depictions of her support the idea that she was created at the time of Adam from the dust of the earth. She is also described as the unsuitable wife of God's first man and the demon who inhabited the serpent's body to tempt the original Eve. In this way, the fall of man was not only a result of female weakness, but also of woman's precociousness. According to the Zahar, Lilith was in league with Satan and represented the ultimate female figure of wickedness. She wanders about at nighttime, vexing the sons of men and causing them to defile themselves amid seed. Zahar 19b. She even disguised herself as the queen of Sheba to seduce King Solomon, but he spied her hairy legs and recognized her as the beastly imposter she was. She exists in her own plane of reality. Known primarily as a fantasy creature from various folkloric tales, the night hag is described as an incredibly evil and merciless woman who exists in her own 
fiendish plane, mostly invisible to the eye of men. She is most commonly used to explain the phenomena of sleep paralysis, although she disquiet, her disquieting figure has pervaded the centuries, weaving its way through endless religions and cultural texts. She is believed to be many things, a malevolent witch, a succubus, a devious woman, a nightmare, who has the power to mobilize a person by sitting on their chest as they sleep, thereby haunting them in their dreams. People who have suffered from the sleep condition, sometimes called old hag syndrome, attribute the presence they feel to the night hag and her demonic ability to bring terror to a peaceful realm of sleep. She first appears in the world's oldest known story. The first time we see Lilith in history is when she appears in an ancient poem, Epic of Gilgamesh, which is often regarded as the earliest surviving piece of great literature. Dating back to approximately the third millennia BCE, the story tells the tale of the hero Gilgamesh who searches in vain for the secret of eternal life when he tries to help the goddess of love and war cut down a tree she needs to fashion herself a throne. She both discovers the wood has been plagued by a trumative of evil spirits, a serpent, yeah. and zoo, the demon bird, and the demonist Lilith who has used the center of the tree to set up her home. Gilgamesh dons his, dons his armor and slays the snake, sending Lilith fleeing. Sitting in the British Museum is an ancient artifact that further represents this story known as the Bernie Relief. The Babylonian relief depicts a beautiful sylph with bird-like feathers who stands atop two lions and between two owls. Lilith's connection to the owl as a predatory and nocturnal bird also reaffirms her reputation as a demon of the night who flies about the underworld delivering night terrors to those who sleep. She makes a brief appearance in the Bible. Although brief, Lilith does appear in the Bible, specifically in Isaiah 34:14, when a sword-wielding Yahweh seeks the destruction of the infidel Edomites, who were longtime enemies of the ancient Israelites. He finds himself in a chaotic desert of purgatorial disdain, where goat demons and wildcats wander without purpose, and the nefarious she-devil Lilith is known to reside. She does not receive much more description than this in the Bible. However, historians assume that this is solely because she didn't need one. People of that time already knew of her from her oral history and artistic depictions. Because she is again wandering in the desert, her personage can be directly linked to the Gilgamesh story and establishes her as a legitimate figure in human history. And even though a formal reference of Lilith is only made once, one can argue that the notion of the Ever curious Eve, who kicks off the fall of man, suffers the same descriptive parsimony. The wilderness where she finds herself symbolizes the barrenness of both her body and mind, 
where there is no warmth, life, or companionship. Lilith is Lilith in all her dark female glory is the opposite of the masculine world and has been exiled as such to a wasteland where she can never prosper. It is the point of English translation of the Bible where the name Lilith becomes interchangeable with the night hag or the night monster. Hebrew texts in certain biblical depictions label her as Lilith, but in other versions, her image is more akin to a bird or a creature of the night. Her story continues in the Dead Sea Scrolls. The dark image of Lilith resurfaces in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were discovered in ancient caves around the Jordan River in what is now the West Bank. These writings are believed to date back as far as 150 BCE and include manuscripts of considerable historical, religious, and linguistic significance, all of which predict, predate the Bible and the ancient religious beliefs of Judaism. They are the stories that come before the stories, and Lilith is there, woven into the text like a shadowy figure who has haunted the world since the beginning of time. In the Heim song for this for a sage possibly uses used for exorcisms lilith appears again as the target the sage would like to eliminate along with the bastard spirit the demons and those that strike suddenly and make to desolate their heart lilith finds company again her image as a murky, dangerous devil delivers a lot of terror without much description. This characterization is echoed in the Bible and becomes a pervasive image in future depictions. Um. Okay, we don't have too much more to go. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, I'm intrigued. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard any of this stuff before. It's crazy. Like, I had no idea that the, like, was just yeah she had such a rich history <laughs> i mean i just thought the night hag was you know a demon i didn't know it was lilith so well yeah <laughs> <laughs> the talmud describes her as a beastly seductress one of the oldest religious texts in the world is the talmud i'm sorry if i'm saying that wrong uh it's just that's what it looks like t-a-l-m-u-d talmud Talmud? I don't know. I'm going to call it Talmud. Talmud. <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> Which contains the teachings and opinions of thousands of rabbis, dates back to the 3rd through 5th century BCE, and is the basis of all Jewish law and discussion. I am so sorry if I say that wrong. That is really important. Even here, Lilith appears as a long-haired demon with wings who could attach herself to a sleeping person. <clears throat> there are special protections. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are special protections. <laughs> there are special protections you can get to ward her off. Because Lilith terrorizes society for centuries many 
incantations, and amulets were created to ward off her evil power. One such artifact dates back to the 7th or 8th century BCE, was discovered in Syria in 1933, and clearly illustrates the ancient fear of this winged demon. This limestone plaque, which likely hung in the home of a pregnant woman, served as a protector against Lilith, who was believed to always be lurking at the door and blocked out the light. One's translation of this artifact reads, O you who fly in the darkness, darkened rooms, be off with your you this instant, this instant, Lilith, thief, breaker of bones. The plaque thus offered protection from her malevolent intentions and kept the innocent mother and child safe. Ancient people believed there were always supernatural forces at work just looking to bring about destruction. Much like the evil eye and Lilith bore the face of those demons, the amulet and protections surely helped these impressionable people cope with the fear of infant mortality and the demise of young mothers. She became a fierce feminist symbol. Today, the image of Lilith receives a more compassionate reading than it has historically been given, and she has even made a resurgence in a, as a feminine figure who demanded her own intellectual and sexual authority. In the modern parable, The Coming of Lilith by Judith Plas Plaskow, Lilith becomes a more in intelligible and likable character. As she tells it, Lilith feels lonely when she is exiled from Eden and tries to reconcile with Adam, and he will not accept her back as he has been given Eve as a new wife. One day, Eve sees Lilith on the other side of the wall in paradise and recognizes her as being another woman like herself. She swings on a branch and lands on the other side, making friends with Lilith and discovering a common bond of friendship. Through this bond of the two original female figures, sisterhood grew between them and became a deeply puzzling and alarming fact for both man and God. Other authorities have gone on to describe Lilith as a feminist misfit through the new lens her frightening night flights are transposed into a very human journey to find companionship in a world full of fear and inequality. Lilith becomes a figure of female empowerment. And that is the end of the article. <laughs> well, I'm just fascinated. I had no idea there was just so much like like that like I didn't know that this had been mentioned like in the Bible or like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. <laughs> like that it dated back quite that far. I had just always heard of it from like the scientific, you know, explanation of oh, that's like a common hallucination people see, which I always just thought was weird because I was like, How come like everybody is seeing the same thing? In that, like, I knew that, like, predated, like, the internet where people were really sharing stuff like that. And so maybe they would have 
thought of it because they've read about it before, but this is, these are coming for people that have never, you know, like read about it before and were just describing it. And someone else is like, Oh, that like happened at like same thing, same story. So I'm just intrigued that it dates back like historically to like that there's a historical factor to it. That's just insane. Yeah. It's, it's kind of balls. It's, it's like, it's one of those, like, I've never experienced sleep paralysis, thank God. Um, but... I was going to ask if <laughs> No, no, I never have, but it's always one of those things that kind of intrigued me. Because, like, it would be terrifying to wake up and be like, there's someone in my room and I can't move. Can't move. And speaking yeah. of that, I'm going to segue into the story that I have, if that's cool with you. Yeah, go right ahead. Right. It's not very long. It's um, it's from a website called Your Ghost Stories. And uh, this is a story by, it's by Hexoterica. And uh, it's kind of weird because it says that the author is a middle-aged adult. Like it has a thing on there. And it gives you your the country too. And they're from South Africa. And this was written in 2009. And it's called The Night Hag. Of my many experiences, one of the most puzzling has been from my early childhood. I was six years old, and we had been living in a house that was built for us about seven months prior to the incident. From the first few weeks that we lived in the house, various oddities started happening around the house. Windows that were closed tightly would suddenly be found open. Locked cupboards would be found unlocked and wide open, their contents at times in disarray, and the stereo system in the living room would be at times switched on in the middle of the night at full volume, giving everyone in the house a tremendous fright. My brother, who was 15 at the time, and myself usually got the blame for these events, even though we were usually fast asleep in our room when these things happened. On several occasions, I would wake up at night for no apparent reason and not be able to fall asleep for hours afterwards. As a rather impressionable child of six, I usually hid under my sheets during these nights, imagining a multitude of ghouls, ghosts, and monsters stalking around the room, and the strange events of the previous months did not help the situation very much at all. It was on one of these nights that I had woken up in the early morning hours Feeling a bit braver than usual, I decided not to hide under my sheets that night and simply tried to get back to sleep. It was a few minutes later that I heard a strange ticking sound on the other side of my bed. Along with it came a very oppressive feeling which made it hard for me to breathe. Feeling thoroughly frightened, I turned around slowly to come face to face with the skeletal form of an old woman with sparse whiffs of hair clinging to her head. I felt completely paralyzed as she brought her face closer to mine. I couldn't breathe, not to mention scream a protest. When I finally found my breath again, I let loose with a very shrill scream, and the old woman suddenly compressed into a luminous sphere which hovered for a while then zipped straight through the ceiling. My brother and parents all rushed to my side in an instant but I was quite hysterical and couldn't comprehend, ex- 
comprehendly explain to them exactly what happened. They chalked it up to a nightmare, and not was said, and nothing was said of it for a very long time. She never reappeared, but strange little things kept happening throughout our stay in the house. Fast forward many years ahead. My brother and I got together a few months ago and decided to chat about strange experiences we've had over the years. My eyes started watering and chills ran down my spine as he related to me a tell of an old skeletal woman he'd seen next to his bed when he was six years old. I finished his story for him before he could, mentioning that she compressed into a luminous ball before disappearing. We were both stunned. Both of us had had the same experience when we were six years old, respectively. We decided to ask my father if he had ever experienced anything like that, but he assured us that he would have remembered something like that. He did tell us, however, that my great-grandfather used to tell him of an old woman who would scare the children in the night on the old farm when they, where they used to live, though neither my father nor my grandfather ever saw her, and that was my tell of what seemed to be a family ghost who sometimes skips a few generations. E and <laughs> so for starters, what kind of old woman is just having a fun time scaring the children on the old farm? Uh, you, you know. <laughs> You get to a certain age, and you just kind of get bored, and you're like, you know what would be fun? Scaring the kids. Let's let's go scare some kids. She's an old lady. She's got nothing better to do. Exactly. And two, I think it's uncanny how, like, I don't know, they finished the story for each other. Like, their stories were so alike, and I don't know, it almost reminds me, I mentioned it several podcasts ago, about, like, that weird black dog that, like, every most... Everyone in my family has seen at one point or time, and I'm talking like generations apart from each other, have all experienced the same dog. Grim. <laughs> it's, you have yeah, a we'll Grim. <laughs> yeah. Don't really know what to do about that. But. <laughs> I don't think but, uh, they're. I'd, I'd have to go back and re research, but I don't think that they're. Uh, they're not harmful, they're just protecting things. Yeah, I still need to ask the littlest baby of mine if if he's seen anything like that. Unless Minnie already has, I don't know, because she has remembers seeing him, the dog too. But anyway, I want to call the I want to call him Tiny Terror. I think that should be his good. name because <laughs> he has such like a little angelic face. Yeah, <laughs> it's angelic. Tiny terror. Works are deceiving. Mm-hmm. No, no, not a terror to me, but a terror to the to uh, many for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think we're gonna take a break real fast, and yeah, we'll be right back after the sponsor. Thank you guys so much for listening to our sponsors. It is now Amanda's time, so take it away, Fred. All right, so you were talking about the old hag, and I read my little definition about what I had read about the night hag, old hag, Lilith, whatever we want to call her. So you mentioned that you've never had sleep paralysis. No. I haven't 
I haven't either necessarily. I'm not going to call it sleep paralysis because I don't know what it was that happened, but something happened and it was weird. I was, um, this was way back. I was, I don't know, probably a freshman, sophomore in high school. Can't remember. But I was uh, sleeping on the couch at a um, former sister-in-law's parents house will say I was sleeping on their couch at night and I just remember at some point in the night like I opened my eyes I wasn't moving but I don't necessarily remember because the thing about memories you know memories are weird they're not always accurate when we're recounting them and this is a memory from long ago <laughs> so I don't remember that overall feeling of like something sitting on me or me like not being able to move but I do remember almost like the frozen in fear I guess more so where I may have been able to move but I didn't because I was just freaked out <laughs> so in this living room you know the the couch was up against like a far wall kind of catty cornered almost and then across the other far wall like if my feet are on the couch and I'm laying on it you know my feet the tv's gonna be at my feet and next to that was the door like to the entryway of the house and so in that corner I just see <laughs> this lady <laughs> just kind of standing there in the shadows. She had the long, scraggly black hair. Uh, the different thing about her was she had like a bonnet and had like a long dress on. Like a petticoat? Don't know why I was going Huh? Like a petticoat? No, it was more of like a nightgown almost. Um, I don't know if any viewers have seen the uh, show Haunting of Hill House. But there's, okay, well, it's terrifying. But if anybody has seen it, uh, dressed almost like the bent neck lady, <laughs> which is just a terrifying enough name. Yeah. <laughs> so just like a long, like, bluish kind of nightgown. And was just standing there, just like shoulders kind of slumped, not really standing up straight. Head just like, you know, slightly tilted, just, just staring, just staring straight at me I felt like you know couldn't see the face perfectly you know it was dark <laughs> but uh I just had that overwhelming feeling and fear of just being stared at and there's this thing in the corner and I'm not moving because I am freaked out <laughs> so like I said I'm not gonna call it sleep paralysis because from my memory I felt like I probably could have moved I just wasn't because I was frozen in fear but mm -hmm. there's just this thing but then it gets worse because, like, after that moment, I can't remember what happened. I can't remember, you know, if I, like, covered my face up or, like, rolled over or got up. Like, I don't remember. But I do remember the next morning mentioning it to my sister-in-law at the time and just saying, hey, this creepy thing happened. And she just nonchalantly was like, oh, was she wearing like a bonnet and had like long black hair? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, I've seen her at night sometimes just like going across the front lawn, like over here and like points out in the front lawn. And it's just like, yeah, she's like a ghost or something. I don't know. Just like, like not phased at all. 
like, oh, yeah. Just like, oh, yeah. So, like, oh, yeah, I've totally seen her around here. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so that's the last time I slept on the couch over there <laughs> or really slept over there much after that because at that point, uh, like if I was sleeping over with her, we were elsewhere. So just never was brought up again ever really, but it was just a creepy thing <laughs> that happened. So, all right, lay it on me. Spook me out. Okay, so I've had a like reoccurring dream. <laughs> And this reoccurring dream, like, never changes. It's always the same dream, and it's always really weird. I have a couple different types of reoccurring dreams, but this is the one we're going to focus on now because I was researching it, and I found this thing that I thought was interesting because I'd not heard of it called the uh, hypnic jerk. (laughs) Do you know what that is? No. Okay. So have you ever had a dream where you are falling? Yeah, okay, one of those dreams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Literally, your body jerks awake, and you're, like, covered in sweat and, like, freaking out, and you're like, what's happening? (laughs) So I was looking it up, and it's called the hypnic jerk, which is a, according to uh, the old wiki here, is a normal reaction that can be caused by anxiety, caffeine, a dream, or discomfort of sleeping. A hypnic jerk is the feeling triggered by a sudden muscle twitch causing the feeling of falling while sleeping or dreaming. And about 70% of people have experienced this, which is funny because that means that there's another percentage out there of people that have never had that feeling, and that's bizarre. Mm -hmm. Because... Like, every single time I have this reoccurring dream, that sensation happens, and it freaks me out every time, (laughs) because you literally feel like you're falling, and, like, I'm going to hit the ground and die. Mm -hmm. Never hit the ground, (laughs) which is, like, there's some lore that goes back to, like, if you hit the ground or fall, like, make impact in your dream of you falling that you will essentially die Mm -hmm. (laughs) like which is a great thought while you're trying to fall back asleep after having a dream like that (laughs) so this one dream I have quite often I'm well to start with I'm terrified of heights so we'll start with that terrified of heights in real life like don't not a fan of heights and so this dream (laughs) this dream starts out that there's like this green rickety staircase kind of like a fire escape but shaped you know, just like normal skit, like it doesn't go zigzagged or whatever, but it's attached to the side of a brick building. But the only way it's attached to this brick building is by like screws on the brick. There's no like support beams underneath that reach the ground. 
And the dream I have is there's like a swimming pool at the bottom and all of my friends are like chilling and swimming and like having a good time. And they're like, Manonium, come down here and chill and party with us. And I'm just standing on top of the stairs and like I start down the stairs and I'm like, okay guys, I'm coming, whatever. And it starts to just detach slowly (laughs) from the side of the building as I'm going down and I start trying to move faster and faster, but I cannot get down it fast enough because I'm so high up. It's such a long staircase. So there's no way I would make it even halfway down before it completely gave way from the side of the building. It's a brick building. There are no windows or ledges that I could grab onto. Like there's nothing. I can't grab onto anything as it's falling. So it starts to give way. And there's concrete below because, like I said, swimming pool going on down there, all concrete. But the pool is far enough away that there's no chance that I would have fallen into the pool. So steps just start giving way, and I just start basically free falling, clinging onto this metal, like screaming. And I wake up like covered in sweat. Sometimes I'm like in the midst of like falling off the bed, but I literally like now determined. I guess would be hypnic jerk myself (laughs) awake. But it's just funny to me because it's a dream that I have quite often. And like, well, let's see if I can get my page back up. Darn you, internets. You can't darn something without shaking your fist at it. On your internet. There you go. Bella has decided that she needs to be a part of me. She's like, I'm just gonna lay as close as I possibly can in a way that makes it very uncomfortable for your hips, Mom. Don't look at me like that. I know you're cute. I had a really bad dream the other night. I, uh... Oh, no. Which was... It was really realistic, which was the scary part. Um, so, in the dream, I was at the house, and I've been leaving the screen, or the front door open, because I have the screen down, on that way I'm letting in air, and it's been beautiful outside. But in the dream, I was putting away laundry... And the boyfriend was leaving to go to work because he's still happening to work through all of this because he is a counselor and only like half of his clients have switched over to uh, telehealth. So, (laughs) so in the dream, I'm putting away, I'm in the bedroom, I'm putting away laundry. He yells that he's leaving and I'm like, okay, bye. And in real life, I've been waiting about 10 minutes to go and lock the screen door. Mm-hmm. Because he's notorious for forgetting things and coming back for them. So he'll leave for a second and then come back. And then I just have to go and unlock the door again. So I was waiting the 10 minutes to go lock the door and I hear the door open again. And I was done putting away clothes so I was going to go put, get something else. And so I walk out and I'm like, oh, you're back early. And there was a guy standing there. 
in the dream. And no. you know how Bella follows me around the house? Like, she's my little dog-shaped shadow. Um, yeah. And you know how she always barks at anyone that walks into the house? Even if, like, they've been there for a second, then she's like, oh, wait a second, you weren't here. So she, like, starts barking and runs up to the guy, and he just reaches down and stabs her. Oh. And I'm in the kitchen, and my phone's on the kitchen table, and I knew I wouldn't have enough time to grab the phone and call 911 before he could get to me. So instead, I run over to the, the knife block, and I grab, like, the butcher knife, and I'm like, well, come on, motherfucker. And, like, just gonna fight. it's like, fuck it, I'm gonna, it's like, I'm at least gonna put up a fight. And then, so, dude runs over, and he winds up tackling me, and I still have my knife, but he has a knife to my neck now, and he has, he has me in mount. And so, the knife's on my neck, he has me in mount, and then he started to sit up, and whenever he did, I trapped the leg and I flipped him. And, uh. and I stabbed him, and I just kept stabbing. I wound up stabbing him like 13 times, and then I grabbed the dish towel and put it to my neck, and I called the ambulance, and yeah, that was my dream. And it was scary, and I keep like obsessively checking all the locks now. <laughs> I've been home too much. I, feel, I was going to say, I don't know like what... I guess it's all the stress or whatever, but I feel like everybody's been having a lot more like negative dreams lately. Cause like I'm one of those people I usually remember my dreams when I wake up, like more often than not, like I can very well remember my dreams, but I've been having a lot of like more, I wouldn't say nightmares necessarily, like not night terrors or anything, but I've been having more like negative, like creepy, not good dreams. Like, I don't know. Like I had one the other night that I had to, uh, we were made to go back to work during the middle of this crisis and we were wearing like hazmat suits, but none of the students had hazmat suits on. And so they were all intermingling and like some of them were coughing and sick and like we're having to try to teach amongst us. And I was just like, why did you take away Google Classroom? It was the best thing. <laughs> like, I don't know, just a bunch of negative dreams. But yeah. anyway, so I found my page finally. I got it pulled back up. <laughs> my slow internet. Uh, so the point of me telling you guys that creepy, falling, recurring dream I have is that I it's crossed my mind before to try to like lucid dream that dream. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't know what lucid dreaming is, I feel like most of our listeners, neighbors, probably do. But it's when you are aware that you're dreaming and therefore you can manipulate and control your dreams. It's a very interesting experience. I've never done it. But <laughs> uh, like the thoughts ran across my head. Could I like lucid dream that specific dream and like change it to where I don't fall, the stairs don't give way and I get to the bottom and then I just have like a fun pool party with my friends and like it almost like they're <laughs> scatterbrained here, but the first time I ever heard of lucid dreaming before I knew it was lucid dreaming was an episode of blues clues as a child. They had an episode about lucid dreaming <laughs> more or less like with Steve went to the felt friends mm -hmm. and was the felt friends. And they were like, it kept showing this dream. I can't remember, but there was some like, 
felt monster or something and they were like you can change your dream though just think happy thoughts and like did a song and then like the song was something like and the monster turns into a birthday cake and like it gets all happy and cheerful and like light in this dream and like that's the first time I remember hearing as a kid that you could change your dream and I would remember waking up from nightmares as a kid and being like frustrated like well how come I couldn't just change my dream like like Blue's Clues said like Steve lied to me (laughs) yeah like Blue's Clues lied I couldn't change my dream and I had a nightmare so anyway the thoughts crossed my mind but with that there are some negative things that could come with lucid dreaming. And one of the things is it could lead to sleep paralysis, which is not a path I am willing to go down (laughs) to change a dream that I have sometimes, (laughs) not all the time, just Mm -hmm. sometimes to where I'm just like, "Hmm." but I do have steps on how to lucid dream in 10 easy steps. I'd if we are interested in hearing those. Pretty sure I've read that article, but go on. We probably have. It's from tuck.com, How to Lucid Dream. But I won't read the whole list in full because that's too many words. Just too wordy. <laughs> I don't want to lose y'all. But step one is to make your bedroom hospitable to dreaming. As dreams occur during REM, the last stage of your sleep cycle... Uh, so you need to make your room hospitable by following good sleep hygiene, keep your bedroom as dark, cool, and quiet as possible, and use blackout curtains or an eye mask to block out any ambient light. Use earplugs or a white noise machine to do the same with noise. Uh, keep a dream journal is another one. Just trying to remember your dreams. Recognizing your dream signs. So review your journal regularly. Look for any patterns. Do certain themes or people show up again and again? These may provide insights into the types of issues your inner psyche is focused on. More importantly, they will help you to start recognizing when you're dreaming. So the point is, like, in your dream journal, as you're reading these dreams, you're like, oh, well, that character pops up in my dreams a lot. So if I'm seeing that thing, that must mean I'm dreaming. So that way you can get that in your brain, that if you're seeing that, that means you're dreaming. So then you're aware that you're in the dream, I guess. Uh, performing reality checks is another one. And also where the TV trope of like, pinch me, I'm dreaming. I must be dreaming or pinch me to make sure I'm not dreaming comes from. Uh, so, you know, you could pinch yourself. You might, it says you could closely observe your hands and feet. Those things tend to be distorted in dreams, which is interesting. Never realize that but yes apparently your hands and your feet (laughs) more often than not will be distorted in dreams in some way look at a clock or a page of text in a book and then look quickly and way and back in a dream the time or text is likely to change but in the real world it would not obviously so that's an interesting one (laughs) uh Try to push the index finger of one hand through the palm of your opposite hand. Do so with the expectation that you'll be able to make this happen while asking yourself both before and after whether you're dreaming. In a dream, this would actually happen, although it wouldn't in reality. By keeping an open mind. Are you you doing that right now, too? Because, like, mine's below camera, but I'm also poking my finger (laughs) with my index finger. (laughs) 
hopefully some of your neighbors were doing that as well. Uh, number five says use the mild technique. The mild technique stands for mnemonic induction to lucid dreaming. Every night as you're falling asleep, repeat the same phrase to yourself. It should be along the lines of, I will know that I am dreaming or something similar. Keep repeating it until you fall asleep. So instead of counting sheep, you're just going to repeat, I will know that I am dreaming. By repeating this mantra, you're encouraging your brain to be aware when you began dreaming, increasing your chances of having a lucid dream. Also, Try going back to sleep. Also, keeping huh? the, also, if you have a partner, then keeping that partner awake, being like, no, you're fucking not. Go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Try going back to sleep. When you wake up from a dream, stay in bed as you write down anything you remember in your dream journal. Then close your eyes and try to go back to sleep focusing on the dream. Now, that's the one that kills me because there are so many times that I'm having, like, the best dream. And I get woken up or I wake Mm -hmm. up and I try to go back to sleep and have pick up where I left off and the really cool rad dream I was having and it never happens. Never. Yeah. So step seven is an interesting one because it's one I would, you know, like to avoid. It says induce sleep paralysis, which is something you can induce, apparently. Why anybody would willingly induce sleep paralysis? Dunno. Well, <laughs> but okay, so go on with it. The thing with lucid dreaming is, is that um, if when you're first starting to get into it, you you want your body to shut down because if your body doesn't shut down, then you will react physically to what you're doing in the dream. So yeah, like that's the whole that that's the whole point of sleep paralysis is that your body stops moving because otherwise, well, yeah, you out your dreams. That's actually a big thing with people that are sleepwalkers is that. They, they don't have that. Like, it doesn't happen. That's why they get up and move around their house, and they make a sandwich, or they go outside. Yeah, so. But continue. Sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, it just basically is saying, yeah, induce the sleep paralysis, like you said, just. Uh, but, but, okay, here's the line I was looking for. It says, this can be unsettling for some people as your body will feel unable to move. As your body enters back into sleep, as it happens, just remind yourself that you are safe and that you are doing this so you can lucid dream, which I feel like is the difference between that and like waking up in sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. where you don't know what's going on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, stay away, Lilith. (laughs) We don't want to hang out with you. Uh, number eight is use the wake back to bed technique, which involves scheduling alarms to maximize your chances of waking up during REM sleep so that when you fall back asleep, you're more likely to re-enter your dream. And then <laughs> number nine, I like this step, take up video gaming. Woo. If you'd like to play more video games, here's a great excuse. One 2017 study found that frequent video gaming is associated with a better ability to remember your dreams, both lucid and regular. The correlation makes sense as video gamers are frequently immersed in a fictional, highly vibrant world where they have control over their movements in some aspects of the plot. According to the study, frequent video gaming may boost your dream recall. Just be sure to put down the controller at least one hour before bed so you can get your mind into a more restful state before sleep. So does that mean if I go and play some Animal Crossing before bed, well, <laughs> can I lose a dream time in Animal Crossing? Because that would be great. Here's the thing. 
you're probably going to play Animal Crossing before bed anyway. So True. I do need to check on my golden tree I planted to see if my golden net is available yet. I'm playing the GameCube version. I don't yeah. have a Switch, so I'm, I'm going old school. So, I'm so tired. Of, <laughs> I'm so tired of Animal Crossing already. That's all you see. Um, it's like COVID-19, COVID-19, COVID-19. Uh, Epstein yeah. didn't kill himself. Animal Crossing. Well, we also now have Tiger King added into that mix. Oh my god, Tiger King. <laughs> that bitch Carol Baskin. Totally <laughs> killed her Carol husband. Baskin. Totally killed her husband. Call she would him. need sardine oil or something to do that, though. Don't be crazy. I know, right? <laughs> it's not like you can't just buy sardines at Walmart. I feel like the general consensus from that show is just uh, none of those people should probably be running animal sanctuaries at all because they are all crazy in their own right. It's just which one's the craziest. It was uh, 2020. Uh, The biggest decision of 2020 is pick your cult leader. Yeah, pick your cult leader. Which one? None. (laughs) So... Jumping back on the train tracks here, because I totally derailed that. <laughs> I helped. Uh, the last... You did help. And, I mean, Tiger King needed to be mentioned at some point in this podcast, because everybody's mentioning it everywhere. I feel like we'd be doing a disservice if we did not talk about that bitch Carol Baskins at least once. <laughs> Anywho, number 10. Try to keep your dream going. If you begin experiencing lucid dreams, congratulations. <laughs> Uh, to prolong your dream, one of the tip, some of the tips you can try that pro lucid dreamers suggest are to fall backward or spin around in the dream, rub your hands together in the dream, or continue doing whatever you were just doing in the dream and try to convince yourself you're still in the dream. Which friend. Amanda? Did Lilith get you? Um, hit record on that again and we're going. All right. <laughs> After that minor, uh, minor uh, technical difficulty. <laughs> Facebook just decided they didn't want us to talk anymore. Yeah. Maybe it was Lilith. She was like, you girls are bad-mouthing me. I'm not into this. Dude, I did. <laughs> when you froze. When you froze, I was like, Manda? Did, did Lilith get you? <laughs> Make sure I don't start doing something like crazy demonic or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just stop looking behind you. Making sure there's no monsters behind I've me. I've got you. I've got you. <laughs> got my back. I mean, all I'll be able to be is, like, get out of the room. <laughs> yeah, just leave. Run, run. Go. <laughs> okay, I'm bringing you with me. Yeah, I was like, don't oh, you leave me here. <laughs> I'll take you with. I won't make you steer it. I don't know. The chupacabra, the Wendigo, whatever, is just hanging out, like, probably, like, with its face pressed up to my window right now. Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot's in your backyard. We've already <laughs> talked about this. 
Yeah, true. Bigfoot is a... He chills. He likes to live there. If he's not in your backyard, then he's a mimic pretending to be your sink. Yeah. Pretty much. Or probably my AC unit right now because it's broken, so, like, he's probably just fooling with it. Okay. (laughs) But, you thankfully, before that cut off, I was pretty much done anyway. I was just... That was my last step of the lucid dreaming, and... I just think lucid dreaming is a very interesting thing that sounds interesting, but it also sounds like it would be kind of scary to do and not something I think I would be willing to do. I don't know. It just sounds like, like I feel like my brain, even being able to control my dream would still like dream up like some creepy, like zombies or something terrifying and throw me in the middle of it and be like, Oh, by the way, you're aware this is happening, and, like, there's zombies coming, though, so good luck. Like, I feel like that happened happened to me there. (laughs) Uh, I I practiced lucid dreaming there for a little while. I was never able to, like, be in the dream and control it, but I could kind of, like, point myself in where I wanted to go with the dream. So it would be like, all right, I want to dream about this. And that's as... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's about as, as good as I could do. But you aren't, like first person <laughs> like plan no no i was still playing. yeah it was still like dreamlike where it's like it's you but dreams are weird to describe because like yeah some of them get really weird like i had one the other night that i was uh in a classroom and for some reason i had ingested a mixture of bleach and vinegar or something I can't remember and I was just like walking around going about my day working my job just been like oh I'm probably gonna die here in a little bit yeah I'm gonna start dying and then someone was like well we can reverse it how long ago did you drink it like it was like a potion or something and I was like uh it was a few hours ago and they were like oh well we probably can't help you then and so I was just like but I don't want this to happen. And they're like, well, too late. Because you drank it. Yeah. (laughs) I drank, I don't know, Cusco's poison or something. (laughs) The poison specifically designed for Cusco. (laughs) I was about to say that. (laughs) The poison for Cusco. And then, like, I've had, like, a really cool dream before where like I'm in this like awesome oasis and there's like an onsen like hot spring because mm-hmm. probably because I was binge watching like hot spring videos that day because it's the middle of winter and I was cold and I was like I just want to visit a pretty Japanese hot spring but like yeah there's this like awesome hot spring going on and like I don't know dreams are weird <laughs> sometimes I wake up from them and I'm like why did why <laughs> Why was I dreaming that? What led to that? It's so bizarre. I've had dreams waking up like I was watching Tiger King. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck is happening? I don't even know. How how do you how do you go higher than that? What? How do you top that? But they it tops every time. It does, and by the end of it, you don't even realize that the one guy that has no legs is driving around in that green car with a skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had to see a picture. Because okay. someone told me about that. I was like, no. And then they showed me a picture, and I was like, fuck. How did I miss that? 
there's a lot like if you go back and rewatch it and just look at the like background scenery for where the people are sitting when they're being interviewed there's just so many things going on like decor wise that i'm like why does this person have this all over their wall like what's good why are there skulls everywhere on the wall what's happening here (laughs) why did this guy decide to take an interview in a bathtub why is he in a bathtub i feel like I feel like Tiger King was somebody's dream that they just, like, turned into a reality show. They were like, no, we're going to write this out. We're going to script it and shoot it like a documentary. (laughs) That bitch Carol Baskin. That bitch. Anyway, that's all I had, really. Okay. (laughs) For tonight. Well... So, where Amanda and I are not together, and I have the top hat and all the things, we figured out a way for her to be able to pick the next episode, which right now we are trying... You figured that out. (laughs) We. Uh, But, um... Oh, yes. Because we are Betty Boom. We are Betty Boom. But... So... What we did was we took all of the titles that we had in the hat, which was about 10 of them, and I wrote them down and I gave them a side number, and Amanda is going to roll a die, and then she's going to tell us what episode we're doing next next week, because we are upping our episodes right now during the quarantine. So, yeah, yes. Roll that. So, y'all have or, well, let's see. I rolled a. <laughs> Been watching too much Tiger King. It runs in episodes, you know. <laughs> Roll the six. So, our next episode will be guilty, Ooh. which will be fun because we did one not that long ago about people who were like not guilty, guilty. not but not actually guilty, mm-hmm. but were framed as being guilty. This one is just guilty, so. We'll have to drum up some fun research there. (laughs) But if you have your own ideas for the hat or stories to tell, go ahead and hit us up at nightmaretown18 at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or over on our website, which is nightmaretown.co. Yes. Is that all of them? It's all of them. Um... I think that's all of our Insta, things. Facebook, website, YouTube, Gmail. Yep. All right, that's all. Oh, sweet. I'm getting good at those. <laughs> yeah. Rattling them all, still remembering them all. Woo. Also, if you guys have, I'm stealing your line here, but if you guys have any stories, you can submit them to any of those things or to nightmaretown.co we have a section on there which we've mentioned before that you can submit your story and give us permission to read it because we are lacking in some tales from the neighborhood watch and we would love to hear your stories truest or if you have suggestions for the hat as well very much so but those out there until next time tell us a story bye